This is Ira on sports. Uh, we have Doug McDermott on the, on the line right now. Uh, Doug is a sport for the Indiana Pacers, one of the greatest college basketball players of all time. Uh, Doug, thanks a lot for coming on Ira on sports. No problem, Ira. Anything for you, man. I feel like we've uh, we've seen a lot of golf together. We've been to a lot of tournaments. I miss I miss those days being able to to be out there. Um, but it's good it's good to good to talk to you. Well, Doug, that, that that concerns me. I know that your off season program is going to the U.S. Open, the PGA Championship, fighting through the crowds and uh, walking and following all the golfers. Without that, you know, without that off-season program this year, I don't know if you're going to be ready for next year for basketball because, uh, you know, you're not like some of these players that want to walk inside the ropes, get the VIP treatment. You're out there with us, like, trying to get the best views. I'm out there with you guys for sure. I'm just uh, – I'm happy to be six seven, six eight, so I, I, I just got a little better view than most of you guys. So um, I'm definitely uh, ready for those days to return. Hopefully we can maybe be out there at the Torrey Pines tournament next year together. It'd be great with with Max and Nathan and the boys. It'd be a it'd be an awesome time. Should I bring my stool again? I know you love that stool, so I don't know if I should. Keep yeah, I didn't know. I didn't out. know if I was allowed to say that because I mean you kind of sneaked that in. It seems like so. Um, if I had that stool, I think I'd have a lot of people yelling at me from behind because I already know. I hear I hear some people chatting already. If I had that stool, I'd be about you know, seven, seven, three, seven, four. So I'd probably hear even more. <laughs> well, anyway, well, well, I'm glad that, I mean, you, you were, you just got out of the bubble, I guess, a few weeks ago. Um, can you give us some insight about what it was like to be, to be in that bubble down there in Orlando? Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was a lot better than I expected, to be honest. You know, I think a lot of guys were kind of dreading it at first, um, not being able to see their families or, you know, leave a hotel, but, the NBA did such a good job of, you know, it was it was so first class. They t- they spent so much time and energy um, getting that place perfect for us. You know, a typical day would be, you know, wake up as early as possible to get on the golf course and play before it gets too hot. So that's <laughs> typically what I would do um, after obviously checking my temperature and my heart rate and getting tested for COVID every single day. Um, I would try to hit the golf course um, and then, we'd practice at a random time. They kind of switch up our practice time and then we'd get a good meal and drink some wine. It was pretty much just kind of like a fraternity, you know, a lot of guys just um, talking hoops, playing golf, drinking some wine, um, and then going over the arena with no fans, which was really weird, but um, the NBA did a good job of pumping in noise for us. And it it felt like a pretty good atmosphere out there, Uh, but it's still weird just not being able to see fans in the crowd. You just miss that you miss that environment, you know, being in a Madison Square Garden or, a, you know, Banker's Life Fieldhouse, any of these arenas, um, you just miss being around fans. And now we're down here at West Palm Beach, so we love our golf and, and the Honda Classic. So is there which NBA player is was surprisingly like this, where you like, you can't believe this guy could be on the tour. Like, I don't know what he's doing playing in, playing in the NBA. Yeah. He could, you know, be competing with Brooks and, uh, and uh, Rory and Justin Thomas any day now. Yeah. I wouldn't say any of us are quite that level, but I uh, was really impressed with J.R. Smith. Um, I played with him um, out there. On, on I think we played at Lake Buena Vista. It was me, him, and Garrett Temple, um, who plays for the Nets. And J.R. Smith hits it a mile, and it's dead straight every time. And I remember his first hole he played, he drained like a 30-foot butter, uh, 30, 30 footer for birdie. And um, I was like, dang, nice putt, man. And he just kind of walked it off like it was normal. So. He's a great player. I think he's got like a 73 or 74, and I, I know he's a, a 
I don't know what his handicap is, but it, it was very impressive and uh, just a, a great golfer. Did he play without a shirt? You know, he's known for you know after he wins no, the title, he, not wearing a shirt for all the time. He had his shirt on. He kept the shirt on the whole time. Uh, but yeah, I know he's played some unbelievable courses um, before. I think he's been out to Pine Valley and played a bunch of these courses around the states that um, you know he's he was raving about. So I'm hoping I'm hoping I can get on some. Maybe I have a Florida Connect now. Um, you know, so we'll see. We'll see if Ira can come through for me. <laughs> well, and talk a little about Florida. It, it, the one thing is, it was interesting to know when I was about your background is that you were number three, and we're down here in West Palm Beach, and of course the Heat. We're going to be talking about the the Miami Heat, and uh, Dwayne Wade comes to Chicago, and, and he wants your number. And uh, was that contentious when Dwayne when when you gave Wade his number, or were you you were were you holding on to that number pretty hard? Honestly, man, it was one of those deals where when D Wade comes to town. He was honestly part of the reason I wore number three anyway. So when whenever <laughs> whenever he returns to his home city of Chicago, um, I just gave it to him because he's a legend, um, he's an icon, and I wasn't I wasn't going to keep that. Obviously, I was I was more than happy to switch. And um, you know, he was really good to me, and uh, he was a great veteran. And um, it's cool to see the I mean the Heat doing so well um, with Jimmy. Obviously, playing with Jimmy in Chicago. Um, you know, he's just an unbelievable leader and he's leading these guys and you can tell all his hard work's paying off. Unfortunately, we had to run into them in the first round and, you know, we didn't play our best and, you know, got to give them credit. They're, they're a great basketball team. and um, They're coached by one of the best coaches in the league. So got to give them credit. And and you got to see the Heat a lot because the two of the final three games in the bubble you played the Heat you actually scored twenty three points I think in your last game I don't that was one of your best games in the bubble and then you go and you have the yep. four game series against them and they were they were you know all close games uh, what what yes. about this Heat team I mean I as someone who watched them all year like I wasn't when they made the trade for Crowder and Iguodala I'm like this is perfect they have the nice mix but I was I'm not that surprised by how well they're doing um, and certainly last night uh, with Tyler. Tyler Hero's performance, but what what do you see with this East team? What what makes it so special? Yeah, um, I think just Pat Riley and Spolstra, they just did an unbelievable job of building this team throughout the season. Obviously, it started with their young guys, giving them confidence early in the year with, you know, Duncan and Tyler Hero, just how free and loose, and um, you know, they, they just had a great opportunity at the beginning of the year. Kendrick Nunn as well, and they took advantage of it. And that's come a long way because now you see them playing big minutes in the playoffs um, and obviously thriving with Tyler scoring, you know, 30 plus points multiple times. And um, then throughout the season when they traded for Crowder and Iguodala, um, they just have so much versatility defensively where you can run a play, but they can just switch everything because they're all six, seven, you know, long athletic. And it's hard to really get any rhythm going in your offense because they're, they're so good defensively. So, I think those two acquisitions were huge when they got Crowder and Iguodala and obviously Derek Jones, um, another long athletic guy that you can throw out there. And, um, just really good team, really good, really well coached. They're all connected. No one really cares who gets the spotlight. Um, Bam obviously is playing unbelievable right now. Um, he's a point forward and he's, I think he leads the heat in all categories in this, in this series against the Celtics. So just, just really uh, fun to watch. Um, you know, they're really well coached and, 
you know, I think uh, they got Boston on the ropes here. So it'll it'll be entertaining to watch them going forward. Yeah, I mean, that's what, you know, the one thing I've been saying about the Heat, we're talking to Doug McDermott, the Indiana Pacers small forward, uh, and who played the Heat in the first round. And one thing I noticed is that, like, any night, like Tyler went off last night, but Goran can go out for 30. You have so many players, and Duncan Robinson can hit three. It seems like yeah. it's almost like, you know, whack-a-mole. You're trying to – you can't – like, they're not just counting on one player and the fact that Butler – is so willing to defer to other players. If, if you need him to score 30, yeah. he'll score 32. But he's, it just seems to be that it's hard to – you can't say, okay, we've got to stop this player today because if you do, then another guy can score 30. Right, yeah. And, I, I mean, I can't believe I even forgot Goran Dragic. I mean, he's been unbelievable all playoffs. I feel like he hasn't missed a shot. Um, he's, been, he's been unbelievable. And uh, they just – like you said, I mean, they're just – I think it's part of the Heat culture. They uh, – they don't care necessarily who gets the credit. They're all about winning, um, and they're about nothing else. They just want to win games, and you, they've all bought into that. Um, Jimmy really has, you know, led them by his, you know, hard work, and, you know, he's got that, that mentality where he's going to work harder than anyone, and um, everybody has seemed to follow his lead. So it's really cool to see. Um, you know, we got swept by him in the first round, but, you know, now it looks like, um, they're one of the better teams in the NBA, so um, it's uh, it's been pretty pretty fun to watch, man. They've been really prepared. They obviously um, didn't take too much time off during the quarantine, um, so got to tip your cap to them. They're playing unbelievable, they're playing hard, and you know uh, every time you kind of think they're going to lose, they they pull away with it. So it's uh, it's been it's been fun to watch. Yeah, and, and I was going to ask you a little about it, to switch to, to college basketball for a second. I mean, as being one of the most accomplished college basketball players ever, you were first team uh, NCAA three straight years, the first time that happened in 29 years, which I think was Ralph Sampson. And uh, you yeah. were the uh, Naismith Award winner in 2014. You stayed for college, played four years of college. You know, we have this debate, one and done all the time. Um, a lot of the greatest players in, in basketball have played three to four years. Um, just talk about being in college and having that college experience for that four years. And, you know, everyone thinks they're going to change the rules. It'll make everyone say, oh, yeah, everybody has to go after one year. But sort of talk about being yeah. in college those years and, and, and how, you know, being at Creighton and, and having all the success you had there. Yeah, I mean, it's just – First off, I wasn't good enough to leave after one year. I knew that from the jump. So um, my goal is just to have a good college career. You know, I always dreamed of playing college hoops. You know, NBA wasn't even really in my head until probably my junior or senior year. So everything after that was a plus. So um, just there's something about being in college for four years, the, the bond you build with, you know, not just your teammates, but, you know, people on campus, the teachers, the faculty, your your coaching staff. Obviously, I was – very fortunate um, to play for my dad, which was uh, obviously um, really cool for our family. So that was awesome. Um, but yeah, there's the college players that stay, you know, obviously there's been some unbelievable players like Pistol Pete. Um, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, there's, there's great four-year guys, but you're seeing a lot more one and done now because, um, you know, these kids are, you know, the AAU circuit, they're growing up. They're getting exposure a lot earlier than, you know, guys back in the day. So they're already on NBA teams radar uh, when they're like juniors or seniors in high school. So these kids are getting great exposure. And it's, it's I, I mean, I have nothing against it because, you know, these, these kids have opportunity to make a lot of money at a very young age. And not all of them come from great backgrounds um, like myself. So 
you know, I think uh, I think college game's still in great hands. Um, hopefully, um, I think I mean I think they announced that it's coming back November 25th ish. So it'd be fun to see those see those guys back. And I think my Creighton Blue Jays are gonna be pretty good this year. So um, maybe I'll actually be able to get to a game this year. It's been it's been some years before I you know been able to see them. So I'm, I'm excited to to follow them. Yeah, I mean, it's it could be great. I mean, college wrestle, the way that it looks like the NBA is going to be delayed uh, and college basketball starts in late November, they might have November, December to themselves as like the only sport to be no hockey, yeah. no NBA. So it's really a good opportunity, and they're thinking about doing the bubble formats in Orlando. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be – college basketball could get some good exposure. It's usually the beginning part of the year. It really, yeah, it really could. It really could. So. I mean, um, March Madness, it obviously last this when everything shut down, um, that was the, the thing I was missing the most is just being able to watch all those opening night games in March Madness. I mean, there's nothing like it. I think all of us sports fans really miss that. And there's something about college hoops. You know, the NBA is great. Um, it's fun to watch, but just the emotion these kids play with and um, just the the knockout tournament where you, if you lose one, you're done. It just there's something about it that that makes it um, really entertaining to watch. So I'm I'm excited to to watch college hoops again. And I know everyone, you know, I've had to live with a coach over the, the quarantine for three months and, you know, he's missing it more than ever. So um, I'm excited to watch that. I was going to ask you, um, you played, you played in 410 NBA games and, but you only started 14, but you've played like 20 minutes a game. So you actually are seeing significant time and definitely come with the bench. And, and they were talking about that last yep. night with Tyler hero in his minutes. I was noticing the commentary saying, well, he's going to earn more minutes. And I'm like, well, he plays, more minutes than almost anybody on the team anyway. Like, you can't give him any more just because he comes off the bench. Talk about your mindset right. a little bit when you're, when you're on the bench and you know you're definitely coming in in terms of how you prepare yourself, uh, you know, for your rotation, you know, getting that idea of being, you know, because, of course, in college you started every game, but then in pros you've, yep. you've been coming off the bench and, and timing your, you know, what your thinking is when you're waiting to say, okay, now I'm going to come off the bench, I'm going to come in the, in the game. Yeah, it's, it's definitely different, um, but it's uh, – it's it's a mindset you have to get into when you're on the bench. Like you said, it's you kind of just feel how the flow of the game's going. Um, you know, I happened to be on a, a unit this year where we played really fast. Our bench unit came in and kind of changed the speed of the game, and it was kind of led by T.J. McConnell, um, who uh, is a guy that likes to push the ball and get everyone involved. So we had a dynamic group where, you know, we'd, we'd kind of feel out how the flow of the game's going, what what the other team's doing defensively. Um, knowing what we needed to do. If our starters got off to a great run, try and sustain that. Um, but if they fell behind a little bit, we knew we had to come in and be super aggressive to try and change the game. So it's it's like a the starters' mindset's kind of similar to ours. You know, we we come out when we come out on the floor, we treat it like a zero zero, and this is a chance for us to you know kind of start a new game within the game. So um, it's it's definitely different than starting. You got the warm-ups, the national anthem, you don't, you, and then the starters go right there, and you have probably 10 or 15 minutes before you touch the floor. So you really have to get in a mental space. Try not to lose focus. Try and just remind yourself that you need to come in and be aggressive um, right from the get-go um, because the game's not going to stop for you. Well, and you were drafted by the Bulls, but you, you got for a couple of years you got traded to the Thunder. I know you know in New York a lot of friends there. They loved you when you were in the Knicks. You played for the Mavericks. And then you decided to sign mm-hmm. your free agent contract, your first contract with the Pacers. 
I thought there were some rumors you were even going to come down to Miami. Um, what was the thinking when you decided <laughs> to go to, to Indiana? And what do you think? You know, I'm sure you're happy with it. I mean, it's a tremendous program. I mean, it's a, I call it program, a tremendous team. And, yeah. and I love the city of Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I definitely bounced around my first few years and obviously loved my time in all those places. New, New York was great to me. Um, we had a fun team going. I thought we thought we played really well, but then Chris Stapps went down with the ACL injury, and it kind of just killed the momentum of what we um, had going. So it was unfortunate. Um, loved my time there. Um, but once free agency came along, um, the Pacers were one of the first teams that reached out. And uh, to be honest, when I was a little kid, I actually grew up cheering for the Pacers. Um, I was a huge Reggie oh, wow. Miller fan. And it just it just seemed like a dream come true for me. Um, and I just had a great relationship with a few of the guys that I, I actually played with Victor Oladipo and Sabonis. We played together in OKC together. So I had, I had previous relationships with those guys. Um, the GM of the Pacers is actually a guy named Chad Buchanan, who's from Iowa. So had a good relationship with him as well. And it, it just felt like home, honestly, um, being a Midwest kid, my family can still get to me pretty easily. Um, and you know, no regrets since I've, I've loved my time there and just the culture the Pacers have, um, it's pretty special. It's a, it's a great, great ran organization. And, uh, I, I love being a Pacer and, you know, I hope I can continue to play for them for a long time. Yeah. I was, I, you know, I felt bad because when Indianapolis and Miami were linked up as a four and five seeds, I felt like both those teams could have upset, you know, Boston and Milwaukee and Toronto. It just happened that they had those. I mean, it was, it was just happened to face each other in the first round being a four or five. And uh, so, yep. I, you know, and each, as I said, each game was, was really close. Um, so yeah, I guess they were any, all, any predictions they were all for the rest close, of the like way said, in terms was, of the playoffs? Uh, I mean, in terms of uh, with the Lakers, uh, the series, and, and also the Heat series? Yeah. Um, you know, I think both teams, obviously the Lakers, um, Nuggets series, you can never count the Nuggets out. I mean, they've been right when you think they're going to lose or, you know, fold the t throw in the towel, they just come out and win by 15 or 20. It's just, I think just what they have going with Jokic and Murray, um, those guys don't, they clearly don't want to go home. And uh, they're playing hard when their backs are against the wall. Obviously, after that game two buzzer beater by Anthony Davis, you know, people kind of thought that could be it. But then here we are, you know, 2-1. Um, you'd, you'd think the Lakers will win tonight, but I mean, you just can't count these nuggets out. And, uh, I think seeing the Miami Boston series now at three, one, um, if there was one team that, you know, I think will be ready to, to make a run at this thing, it is Boston. Cause you know, Brad will have those guys ready to play. Um, you know, but the heat are just, they've been really tough, but I would love to see, I would love to see a heat Lakers final. I think that'd be a great, great matchup. Um, seeing LeBron and Jimmy go at it and just, I think that'd be an incredible series. Well, Doug, I know, I, I know you're very busy. So thanks a lot for taking your time to, to come on Iron sports and uh, definitely let's get some golf in. We've got to get back that preparation and, and follow some of these golfers. I mean, that's the one thing that's following is I mean, Bryce DCM blow at the masters. It's exciting for that. And uh, I, I mean, I think yeah. golf has been, We've you know had one of the best times in terms of the in terms of the shutdown and so they got back early and the golf has been compelling and uh, very exciting for the last four months I guess it's it's yeah it's been it's been unbelievable to follow these guys and um, I'm I'm looking forward to getting back out on the course 
Um, you know, I was actually watching Netflix the other night on, and I, I see you make an appearance on one of the shows. I'm like, I didn't know I was talking to a celebrity today on Million Dollar Beach House. Um, but uh, it's, it's they, funny. They see left my, my, my best work was on the cutting room floor. I mean, I had I had lines. Everyone, I had like one line in the whole thing, and they. But I talked for like an hour, and they they cut it, and I was just. It's like it's. I don't know. I felt like it's like, I guess if you like you, when you're like preparing, go to a game and you're draining like every shot and then you go to the game and they like you in for like a few minutes. Like I, I felt like that stuff was <laughs> no one ever got the chance to see it. I thought, I thought you made a great appearance though. I, I'm not going to lie. I was impressed. That was, that was, that was cool to watch. And obviously I give a shout out to Max, Max Greengrass. I know he's going to be listening. So, um, but yeah, I hope we can all get together and, and watch some golf soon that'll be good i mean we'll see what happens i mean it i'd love for you guys to come down to the honda classic in west palm we love this tournament it's a great tournament and uh but of course unfortunately it's in the middle of your season so unless unless they delay yeah. uh the nba to like march or whatever you'll be playing yeah. basketball then but let's uh, hope i'm like 30 um, anyway, let's hope so i'm thanks like thanks a lot for coming let's hope on. i'm I like 40 during time that time come on Iron Sports. <laughs> thank you